0: Welcome to The Healthy Me. I'm Trina Felber, registered nurse and CEO of Primal Life Organics. I believe there's a healthy person living in everyone. The Healthy Me is designed to help you call up your healthy self, step out of your comfort zone, shake things up, and get results. So let's find and empower your Healthy Me. Hey, everyone. Welcome to the Healthy Me, episode two. I'm Trina Felber, registered nurse and CEO of Primal Life Organics. I believe there is a healthy person living in everyone. The Healthy Me is designed to help you call up your healthy self, step out of your comfort zone, shake things up, and get results. So, let's find and empower your Healthy Me. Today, I am joined by, joined with uh, Louise and Jeremy Hendon. Louise is the creator of 321 Keto Meal Plans and author of the Essential Keto Cookbook. She loves creating easy and delicious healthy meals for busy people, which I believe is everyone out there. And in her spare time, she loves traveling the world and reading mystery novels. She states, I am beyond gluten free, grain free, paleo primal, a lawyer an ex physicist, a cook, a blogger, a Brit living in the U.S., an ex-violin player, an occasional crossfitter, a mystery book junkie, and she blogs all about her recipes and paleoprimal gluten-free health articles at the Ancestral health, AncestralChef.com. Jeremy is an author, speaker, and entrepreneur who started his health journey by losing weight with a low carb diet almost 15 years ago since then he's written and spoken about ancestral diets gut health psychology and habits and much more he recently co-hosted the keto summit with louise chris kelly and tommy wood so thank you for joining me i'm excited to have you guys here
1: thank you for having us
2: hey, we're excited yeah.
0: yes all right so first off Um, I wanna talk about the keto diet because I have dabbled a little bit with the keto diet, but I haven't done the deep dive. So can you guys explain to me what the keto diet really is?
2: Yeah, so I'll jump in very quickly uh, because I'm a little more into the science in the background. Um, So, you know, keto is very, there's a very simple premise to a keto diet and that is that the diet itself is supposed to get your body into a state that is called nutritional ketosis Nutritional ketosis because it's done by the diet. Ketosis is just a benchmark of where your body is relying a certain percentage more on fats for energy than on carbs for energy. So that's, literally that's the most basic, the simplest explanation is the keto diet is meant to get your body into ketosis. And we can talk about what that might do for you, why it might be good, why it might be important, or, it might, or might not be right or wrong for it, but that's really the, the basis of what a keto diet does.
0: Awesome. So what's the difference between keto and paleo? Because most of the audience um, is familiar with the uh, the paleo diet. Um, But I am still even confused as to what really is the difference between keto and paleo. And I'm sure you guys get that question all the time.
1: Yeah, we definitely do. And, uh, you know, I think the simplest way of thinking about it is to, to say that keto is just a lower carb form of the paleo diet.
0: And what kind of what is what is the benefit of that?
2: So, so, yeah. so let's talk about benefits. So very quickly, I mean, the main difference we draw, paleo is all about food quality. It's all about nutrition, right? And so the original theory of a paleo diet, you know, it starts with ancestral health, but really it's two things. It's to maximize the amount of nutrients we get and minimize the amount of inflammatory things that we're eating. And so that's based mostly around the types of foods that we eat. We want to make sure that we eat foods that are high in micronutrients, high in vitamins minerals, and they're low in things like gluten and like other uh, parts of food that will cause inflammation in our body and cause problems. Keto diets, on the other hand, are not focused on that. Now, you can do a keto diet that's focused on that. And we do. And that's what we actually try to help people get into. But the purpose of a keto diet is not that. In general, the purpose of a keto diet could have many purposes and many benefits. And we'll, we'll chat about those. But the purpose of a keto diet, like I said earlier, is to get your body into ketosis. Now, the possible benefits of that. Um, so, originally, keto diets were used for medical purposes, and they still are to a large degree. So, kids with epilepsy. It's a very old, very common treatment for kids with epilepsy and very proven for about 100 years. Very, very um, high, you know, a lot of studies, a lot of statistics on how well that works for children with epilepsy and even adults with epilepsy. Uh, and then it's used for some other neurodegenerative, neurodegenerative diseases. There are some people right now who are doing good studies on reversing Alzheimer's and reversing other neurodegenerative diseases with keto diets because it has a lot of effects in your brain. For people who aren't going to use it for what we call therapeutic purposes, that is to treat some sort of illness, um, a lot of people find that they can lose weight on it, particularly if you've been overweight for a long time, if you've had trouble otherwise losing weight, and particularly if you have insulin sensitivity issues or you have blood sugar problems then it becomes really important because what that means is that your body can't handle sugars well you can't if you have insulin resistance then your body really can't process and use sugars the way it should and so a keto diet helps your body fix that it helps it become what's called more metabolically flexible that is to switch back and forth between sugar and fat as an energy source by taking away the sugar as an energy source for a little while and that actually has profound effects for a lot of people starting with Uh, Weight loss, but then also how much more energy they feel people tend not to get tired during the day because they don't have those sugar rushes and sugar crashes Uh, Tend to have a lot more mental clarity and a lot of people don't even realize that they're lacking this mental clarity um, until they go on a a Keto diet a ketogenic diet for a week or two and all of a sudden if they curse them the body can think a whole lot better So that's a a slightly longer answer in terms of what a keto diet uh, can do for you and how it's different
0: and, and what about like the, auto, the AIP diet or the autoimmune immune protocol diet? What's the difference between keto and that?
2: So I would start by differentiating paleo and autoimmune because it's an easier place to differentiate. Okay. So the way we usually tell people is the autoimmune is just a much stricter form of paleo. And the whole purpose of an autoimmune diet is to remove anything that will cause flare ups of an autoimmune condition so Hashimoto's, uh, any sort of thyroid issues, prones, anything to do with your gut, uh, any sort of those autoimmune conditions. Uh, an autoimmune diet is built specifically to take out foods that will cause flare-ups and exacerbate those autoimmune conditions, and what it looks like is a paleo diet, but then also removing foods that would otherwise be healthy and good, like nightshades, so tomatoes, potatoes, a lot of spices, uh, removing eggs, because eggs often cause flare-ups for people with autoimmune conditions doesn't mean eggs are unhealthy in general for someone who's healthy in the abstract. It theoretically just means that if you've got an autoimmune condition, you might need to remove eggs. You might need to remove potatoes and tomatoes and things like that and some other foods. Uh, so that it's just a much stricter version of that. Versus keto then, again, so the way, the one thing I haven't mentioned, it, well, I sort of alluded to this is, you know, we, we think everybody should really mostly be on a paleo diet to begin with. That is, everybody should be looking and trying to eat foods that, nourish their body, reduce inflammation, and then, if they have an autoimmune condition, they should go a little stricter, be on an autoimmune protocol, at least for a while, because autoimmune doesn't have to be forever. And then occasionally, if you wanna lose weight, if you wanna feel better, maybe cycle in and out of a keto diet. Um, I'm not saying people can't do a keto diet forever, but we see most people, particularly if you're active, do better cycling in and out of it. Um, And I don't mean on a daily basis, it's hard to get in and out of ketosis that quickly, but say, doing it for a couple months at a time, uh, maybe two or three times a year.
0: And How long does it take to get into a ketosis?
2: So that really varies by person. It depends on how active you are, it depends on how much insulin resistance you have. Um, I would say for most people, if you're very strict about it, you can get into ketosis within a week. Um, and that's often a very painful week, if you've not done it before. Um, I, I don't wanna lie, I'm not gonna make it sound right. easy. You know, if you've not done this before, and your body is very reliant on sugar and it's metabolically inflexible, that is, your body's not good at turning over burning fat and using that energy, or metabolizing that fat for energy, then it can be a very painful week because what happens is, if you're not good at burning fat, not only do you feel tired, but you're not getting any energy to your brain or not much, not enough, and your brain all of a sudden feels very bad, so you get tired, you get irritable, you get grumpy, um, and you just feel, you're in withdrawal, literally, because your body's not getting the energy that it thinks it needs. Now, you get over this, and then you feel even better than you did before, of course, but-
0: Then you get that energy spike, and you actually feel better. So, I know, um, tell me, is there anyone that should not do the keto diet? Is it, you know, it's probably not for everyone. Is there anyone that really should not do it?
1: Um, In general, we do think that if someone has an autoimmune condition, they should focus on healing that first. Yes. like a good friend of ours, Chris Kelly, always talks about keto as a—it's a tool in your toolbox to use you know, to um, to optimize the diet a little bit further to get that extra few pounds of fat that you've been, you know, wanting to get off, like off. But it's not something that's perhaps great if you already have a ton of health issues.
0: And for for in how when someone goes on the keto diet, what's an average amount of time that you stay on the keto diet?
2: That's a really hard question to answer because it really does vary. I mean, there are some people who've been on a keto diet for 20, 25 years. Okay, could, not as, you know, obviously it's gotten more popular recently, but it's been around for a yeah. long time. Right. Um, so there are people who've done it for a very long time. I think, um, oh, who's the exercise guy? Uh, I'm blanking on his name. Uh, Phil Moffatone. I actually think Phil Moffatone's been doing it for like 25 years. I could be wrong, so don't <laughs> you know, quote me on that, but we're live and you're recording. Uh, right. So... I apologize to Phil if I'm wrong about that, but I think he's been on it for a very long time, if so I'm not mistaken. I, you know, and people like Dominic D'Agostino tends to stay on it, as far as I know, uh, for a very long time. So you can do it. And, I, you know, I don't personally think there's anything necessarily wrong with it. There are no studies or anything to indicate that so far. Um, but also, you know, I don't think there's necessarily, you don't get as many benefits after a while. So.
1: But I think one of the confusions around the keto diet is like what does it mean to be on a ketogen ketogenic diet as opposed to just be on paleo because actually a lot of people eating their paleo diets today could actually be on a ketogenic diet already mm. and it's it's very much a sliding scale. I mean it, traditionally you know they've said if you measure your blood ketone levels and it's over 0.1 millimoles then mm. point five, sorry point 0.5. Um, then you would be in nutritional ketosis. But for a lot of people, they get the benefits of weight loss and the benefits of energy without ever hitting 0.5. They could be much lower. And you know, for, for whatever reason, different people just react a little differently. Some people can go into much higher levels of ketosis really easily eating the same foods as someone else. Yeah. And yet the other person achieves much lower, but yet they might both see the same results. Um, um.
0: What types of foods um, do you eat? Like what's, I know the difference between paleo, so explain a diet or what what you're eating when you're doing the keto diet for our viewers. And if anybody out there has questions while you're watching, uh, post them in the comments below because we can ask them, we can see your questions and um, we've got the experts here so they can answer your questions for you while we're doing this.
1: Um, So I guess like, number one, I'd like to emphasize that you do still eat vegetables. Because I think most people think that uh, when you go low-carb, because vegetables have carbs in them, that that means, no, they can't be keto anymore. Right. we eat a lot of cauliflower, broccoli. We eat spinach. We eat kale. We eat arugula. We eat eat a lot of vegetables still. But then we cut out some of the starchy vegetables like sweet potatoes that a lot of people depend on almost on a payday diet. Um, And then we still eat fish, meats, uh, organ meats. We drink bone broth. Um, you cut out
2: most fruits. Like a lot of people, can get away with eating berries and other things that are high in fiber um, and low in sugar. You know, you really can't eat pineapple and bananas. <laughs> right. fruit. Yeah. Um You can even get away with occasionally like apples and pears. They're really not going to spike your blood sugar that much if you're particularly active. And again, it really does vary. Um, what you know, if you got a, you got somebody who's working out two hours a day, who's like a semi-pro athlete particularly if they're male, because they often have more muscle mass, which makes a difference in terms of how much sugar can be stored in your muscles and used there, which will still keep you out of ketosis to some degree. Sorry, I said that slightly inaccurately, but nonetheless, like your amount of muscle mass makes a difference. Um, so it really does vary. So some people can get away with eating a little more in terms of the amount of carbs they can eat. Uh, but Louise is really right. Like, we emphasize that all the time. We sort of joke about it, but people do really think, oh, all I have to do is eat bacon and butter which is fine, like we don't have anything against bacon and butter, or what, you know, whatever you to eat, but it's, you know, you really do need to get some vegetables, you need to get them the fiber, there are a lot of phytonutrients in them, there are some things that traditional mainstream nutrition's got right, and one of those is that vegetables are superbly healthy, there are a lot of things in the vegetables that are really good for us, and particularly when we're talking about leafy vegetables and colorful vegetables, you know, they're just really, really good for people in general, and so.
1: <laughs> yeah. And especially as we're discovering more about the importance of gut health, I mean, cutting out vegetables would be quite detrimental to most people's diets. Yeah.
0: Right. What about fats? Um, How much fat should you eat? Because I know that fats are really important, uh, not just for your brain, but, you know, for your body. So talk about fats. What kind of fats should you eat, focus on, and how much fat?
2: I would say... The, the, the kind of one- line advice that I would usually give people is to learn not to be afraid of fat, but don't feel the need to add extra. Um, so in this, again, we're just talking about people who are doing this a ketogenic diet for general health purposes, to feel better, to lose weight. You know therapeutically, if you were using it to potentially as an adjunct treatment for cancer or to treat epilepsy or neurodegenerative disease, Then it looks way different, and you need to add a lot of fat because you really want to make sure that your ketone levels are much higher because it makes a much bigger difference therapeutically. Uh, And by the way, I'm not a doctor; don't pretend to play one. (laughs) Right, um, right.
1: do the disclaimer.
2: Yeah, yeah. So you know, if you're using it therapeutically, it's going to look much different. But if you're doing it for general health, um, we don't generally think that most people need to add that much fat, particularly when you're trying to lose weight, uh, because fat, obviously, you know, calories still matter to some degree right, Um, if you're eating 5,000 calories a day, even if it's all fat, you're not gonna lose weight, (laughs) unless you're superbly active, right, unless you're in the pool for eight hours a day. Uh, And so we recommend that people become not afraid of fat because a lot of people do start off being afraid of fat, like not even wanting to put as much fat as is in a normal recipe or ketogenic recipe into the recipe, Um, but then don't feel the need to put an extra stick of butter on (laughs) whatever you're eating. And as far as forms of fat go, because we still take the underlying ancestral approach, um, we highly recommend either saturated or monounsaturated fats, uh, because those tend to be much more stable, tend to be much healthier. Uh, polyunsaturated fats, omega-3 and omega-6 is fine, uh, but we, we like to minimize those a little bit, particularly in the forms that are problematic, like vegetable and seed oils that have been highly processed.
1: So I mean, there's similar things to paleo, like olive oil, avocado oil, Coconut oil, ghee, um, you know, tallow
2: lard, like you know, real lard, not yeah. the not the <laughs> hydrogenated one. <laughs> the, the
1: real stuff, yeah.
0: <laughs> what about? What are your thoughts about um, like the keto drinks or the keto bars? Uh, you know, is there is in your opinion, is there any benefit to those?
1: Um, so I assume you mean like some of the snack bars have come out, right? And they tend to, and I, I think they can come out of the low carb movement very much, so that it's um, they're often a little higher in protein, and they tend to be a little lower in carb and use a lot of um, uh, sugar replacements,
2: sugar um,
1: either erythor or there's some with stevia, but it just doesn't taste that good, so <laughs> I don't think I'm using it still. Um, I'm not against it because in the end. I feel like if someone needs a snack and they want to stay in ketosis and not have to you know, go through keto flu again or break their diet, then it's not a bad form. But at the same time, it's definitely not something we recommend people go and stock up on.
2: Okay. Yeah, so let I just jump in on that real quickly. So our position is that, look, if you've got to do it, then they might be better than eating your original junk Arranes. foods or uh, brownies <laughs> or cookies, like original cookies, like I say original, like standard American cookies. But... At the same time, there's something called hyperpalatability, uh, very well researched, and it's, you know, it's got a pretty big consensus among obesity researchers, and once you start, and what hyperpalatability is, is when you take something, that add a certain amount of fat, you put together a certain amount of fat with a certain amount of sugar with a certain amount of salt, it becomes almost irresistible. Some people are more or less susceptible to this, but all humans are susceptible to it to some degree, and what I mean by it becomes more or less irresistible is, you know, you can think about having a big meal. Well, let's say you just ate you know, a 12-ounce steak. You had some mashed potatoes or something with it, and you, you had a glass of wine or something. You are really full, and somebody says, oh, cook, I've got this extra eight ounces of steak. Do you want it? Well, you love steak. Steak tastes very good, but that steak is not hyper-palatable. It doesn't have any sugar in it. Uh, you're not. going to be like, I'm stuck. I, you know, even that, though that steak's beautiful, I can't eat anymore. And yet, if somebody comes and offers you a piece of cake, as stuffed as you are, there's a decent chance you might be able to eat that piece of cake. Because the cake is hyperpalatable, it literally changes how our body reacts to this food. And the reason I bring this up is a lot of packaged foods that come along in paleo form, in keto form, or whatever, recreate hyperpalatable foods. And they're potentially better because maybe they're slightly less inflammatory, maybe they still keep you in ketosis, so I'm not arguing they're not better. But they do recreate a different problem. It's still a problem, particularly if you're trying to lose weight and trying not to overeat is that they'll just make you keep overeating. So,
0: Right. That's interesting. Um, what about veggies? I know you talked a little bit about veggies. What are the primary veggies you want to eat? So you want to stay away from anything that's uh, obviously processed sugars or anything that has a lot of sugar in it and, and some of the ve- like fruits that you talked about, like pineapples, uh, bananas, things like that. But are, are all veggies fair game or are there some that you want to avoid?
1: So I mean, just the, the very starchy ones, so pumpkin um, or sweet potato. But again, it's like you're in some ways you're measuring uh, your total sugar or carb intake. So if you have you know one tiny chunk of sweet potato, it's really not going to make very much difference. It's more that when we say oh, don't eat sweet potatoes, because typically when people eat sweet potatoes, they eat a whole sweet potato, and that's right. <laughs> And so that creates, you know, that has sufficient carbohydrates in it to be problematic if you're trying to sink to
0: Right. Got it. But, and,
1: I mean, there's tons of great lower carb vegetables. Like we really love spinach, kale, <laughs> arugula. Again, we eat a lot of salads. I mean, it's,
0: it's And easy. squash. I love squash. We're coming into the fall. And really? squash is like the spaghetti squash is one of my favorite. Yeah.
1: Exactly. Yeah. Yeah.
0: Butternut's a little bit sweeter, but I'm assuming that's still okay.
2: It depends on how much, yeah. It depends on how sensitive to you are. They do have a few more carbs, but
1: so again, also um, athletes are able to deal with the amount of carbs they take in a lot better than most people. So, right. so Athletes are actually able to eat a whole sweet potato and still be in nutritional yeah. ketosis. Like it doesn't affect them the same way. But if you have, you know, blood sugar issues then you're probably gonna see your blood sugar spike a lot faster than someone who, I don't know, does five mile runs every day. You
2: know, there's some people in the, um, the weightlifting and athletic worlds that say that you need to earn your carbs, and there's some truth to that. That is, you know, the more active you are, the more you've sort of earned your carbs, particularly right after you're active, your muscles have an increased uptake of glycogen, your body handles the sugar and the carbs that you eat better. Um, and so there's there's some truth to that claim. It's just the more active you are the better you can handle it The better your body metabolizes and moves back and forth
0: So with so talk a little bit about what you guys developed because you developed you make you made it pretty easy For us to figure out how to eat on a keto diet. So you developed a, your 321 Keto meal plan. So talk a little bit about that
2: Yeah,
1: why
0: is it 321?
1: <laughs> Well, so one of the things we, we realized was like how painful it is going shopping, trying to find keto ingredients, you know, even like trying to read, whether it's reading labels or even figure out which vegetables would be good to buy. So we actually decided we want to make sufficient meals for you for the whole week, but we're going to limit it to 30 ingredients. And so that's where the three comes from. Um, Why did the
2: two come Because it's 20 grams or less oh, right. of carbs per day. <laughs> <laughs>
1: So I'm like blanking on why we called it that. Um, you know, it was, isn't that funny?
2: Yeah.
1: <laughs> and the one is because you know, we have this one purpose for our meal plans, which is just to help you lose weight and feel healthier.
2: Yeah, mostly to lose weight. I mean, we really did focus because so many people, you know, they're not therapeutic. They're not designed if you're trying to use it to treat something. They really are just designed to help you feel better and to lose weight because that's what we find so many people were asking us for and were jumping into keto for. And so that's how we developed them. We made sure to keep the carbs low enough that they serve everybody. And we made sure to make it easy enough and simple enough with 30 fewer ingredients, which makes your shopping simpler, which saves money, and also just saves a lot of time in the kitchen because you don't need to buy a ton of ingredients. And particularly if you don't live in a major metropolitan city in the US or Canada, often you can't find a lot of ingredients in certain recipes.
1: yeah, we also we also designed it so that it was you get lunch and dinner because I know there's a lot of meal plan services that are coming out with just dinner. And then it just becomes this, well, how do you – keto is not exactly a diet where you can just pick and choose which day you want to eat keto and then expect to get all the benefits and still feel good. Yeah. So we really designed it so that you get both lunch and dinner and then you can choose whether you want to eat breakfast. And I know a lot of people do intermittent fasting, so you could also – you know, shift your lunch to breakfast and the dinner meal to lunch. So depending on which meal you want to do intermittent fasting for, you can also shift the meal plans around that way.
2: Well, just to be clear, it has breakfast recipes in there. It's just Yeah, there are optional
1: (laughs) breakfast recipes, I mean, that we've provided as a whole. Like you can choose one to stick to for the whole week or something, but it's not – it gives you a lot of flexibility in terms of planning your meals as well.
0: And talking about fasting for a second, you know, fasting is becoming more and more popular as well. Do you guys yeah. practice that? Do you, do you do a fast?
2: Yeah, in the past year well, in the past 13 months, we've done two five day fasts. So we, we do. Um, we don't tend to do I guess we do do kind of the 15 to 16 hour fasting. We don't mean to. We don't really think about it. Um, but we often don't eat for 15 or 16 hours you know, from the night till the next day. Um, right. But we actually like the longer term fasts a couple times a year.
0: So you'll do like a five-day fast um, all at once. And and the other thing that you mentioned is doing the 16-hour fast where most people stop eating around 8 p.m. and don't eat until around noon the next day, which is what I tend to practice. um,
1: Yeah, so I've just been chatting to a friend, Chris Kelly, on this, and uh, I traditionally really like that too. So I would only eat lunch, then dinner, and then fast until the you know, next day, lunch, and maybe have coffee in the morning. That's it. Um, right,
0: that's what I do. I'll do my coffee, my bulletproof coffee um, yeah. in the morning and, so, and otherwise fast.
1: Yeah, so what he pointed out and what a lot of the research on sleep has really been pointing out is that can impact your circadian rhythm because we do, it's like our body knows when, we, when our day begins by our first meal in some ways. Um, so there is the recommendation that it's actually potentially better to skip dinner if you're going to do intermittent fasting um, And instead have breakfast still so, and breakfast should be something that's perhaps higher in protein or a little bit higher in fat so that you uh, You're not
0: having so they're they're thinking possibly starting your fast earlier in the day,
2: but then yeah. starting
0: Eating earlier like eating your your eight hours of eating starts with breakfast.
2: So specifically what the research says is in the absence of light cues, so light cues are the first factor for your circadian rhythm, how your body sets circadian rhythm, but in the absence of proper light cues, and we're all, most of the time, in the absence of proper light cues because we get too much light at night, we don't get enough light immediately when we wake up because we don't wake up right with the sun. And so in the absence of proper light cues, your body actually starts turning to food to set your circadian rhythm. And if you're not eating until 12 or one, then it starts to think that's the beginning of your day. It's It's the oversimplification. But that's part of what happens, and so we actually recommend, if you're going to do that, then to eat breakfast as soon as you get up, and then you know if you want to do 16 hours, then eat from eight the next eight hours after you get up, and then stop eating.
0: What about kids? What any any thoughts about kids? You know, when you're doing
2: yeah, we're <laughs> thinking about <of> that. <laughs> it's nice of you to ask. <laughs>
0: No, I'm just thinking about my kids. Like you know, they they like doing what we're doing, and I, you know, the keto diet. I, mean, I there's ways to modify it for kids, but um, I didn't know if you guys had any thoughts, or you know, parents out there that have kids. Uh,
2: yeah, well, I mean, so clearly it's been used for kids for a long time, right? With the epilepsy and other um, yeah, right. So it's clearly possible. Um, kids tend to be pretty active, so they deal pretty well with a few more carbs. Uh, in general, uh, you know, kids, unless they have eaten really bad or had other issues, tend not to be as metabolically inflexible as someone in their 40s, 50s, or 60s who has a lot more problems that they've accumulated over the term of their life. So I don't know that kids need it as much.
1: Um, well, perhaps an easier explanation is, like, if everyone just uses paleo as the base diet, mm-hmm. and then depending on whether you want to lose weight or if you have autoimmune conditions or – you know, if you're more active or whatever, or less active, then you modify that to become AIP or to become keto. And I think the same is for kids, you know, you want to start from that paleo base, and then you can see if they need something extra uh, to help them, and you can modify it from there. Right.
2: Or just not even just to help them. I mean, so Chris, for instance, he has a, how old are two and a half now? Two and a half or three, I might be getting it wrong. You look pretty good with that. But, um, yes, yeah, so, I mean, you know, he'll point out that they don't try to keep her keto, although he was keto for a very long time, i think very long time, a few years. And, um, but, you know, some, like, maybe two or three days at a time, she won't really want any mini carbs. And they don't, they feed her an entirely paleo diet. Um, but they'll let her eat, uh, they'll actually let her eat rice sometimes, I think. But, uh, you know, I mean, they clearly feed her plenty of fruits, sweet potatoes and things, but she might go for three or four days without them sometimes. Um, and you know they're not really worried about it one way or another. Uh, so I think it really does depend, like Louise said, on what you're using it for. I don't think for you know most healthy kids there's a need to put them on a keto diet,
0: right? I, I I like the um, idea that you guys talk about using paleo as your base, almost like it's the base of your pyramid, and then you build upon that. If you if you need the AIP diet or if you need the keto diet, then that becomes the top of your pyramid. But your base is always like a paleo diet. You always want to keep that base the same, and then alter it a little bit for what you need. And and that same same thing is true, obviously, for kids as well. So that's really that's cool. That's very easy to think about.
2: Um, I mean, the way to think about it is, it's not good for anybody to be eating processed junk foods. There's just no situation where it's good and health. You can do it. I'm not saying doing it occasionally is going to kill you, like, but it's never. Don't ever fool ourselves that it's good for us. <laughs>
0: <laughs> right. And that's what we've done. I don't even know if we've fooled ourselves, but we've been told, you know, that it was okay, and so we've. Be- been brainwashed into believing that it's okay, I guess. And now we're rethinking that. Yeah. And now we realize that that's, it's just not okay. It's not okay for an everyday thing. Because obviously it has some health um, yeah. ramifications from it.
2: And I'm not so, saying that we would never do it. You know, we're going to Paris tomorrow. We're traveling in Europe right now. Oh, nice. Um, we're going to Paris tomorrow. And for a couple days we'll be there. And you know what? I'll probably eat some gluten. I don't know. I'm not planning on it. But, I mean, there's a decent chance I might eat a little bit <laughs> well, okay, she might not. Um, so I mean, I really,
1: you know, it's,
2: not, it's not that I'll never do these things, but I also, I know if I'm doing it, it's bad for me. Um, but I'm making, I occasionally make a choice to do something that's bad for me.
0: <laughs> that's funny. Well, I I hope you enjoy your trip to Paris. That sounds amazing. <laughs> <laughs> Um, Is there anything that we missed that we didn't talk about that you think um, viewers or listeners would want to know? Anything that we didn't touch on?
2: What do you think?
1: We covered quite
2: a lot. Yeah,
0: Yeah, I think so. Um, And we're going to put the link up for the viewers or listeners. You'll be able to click on the link and check out the 321 Keto uh, Meal Plan. And um, I know you guys have videos and more information on the website. So um, is there anything you want to tell them about the meal plan itself? What to look for or what to expect? And I know you guys are offering right now at 25% off, I believe. Is that a discount for viewers? So check yeah. it out.
2: Yeah, no, I mean, they, they, the, so, I mean, the only thing I'd say, meal plans have been really popular. People are really liking those in particular. We've actually been surprised at how much people are liking them. Um, not to say that we didn't think they were good to begin with, but you know we, you know, we're sometimes surprised at how popular something is and how much people like it. Uh, and so those have been really popular, and people really love those. Again, and people are actually using them. Uh, so I
1: think it's, it's a really good way to get started on the keto diet, when you know, without the confusion, without like figuring out what can I eat, can I eat this, and it is designed to be simple so that your shopping list isn't overwhelming, which is I think. Um, like we don't make it customizable. You can't go in and use software and like change things and move things around because what we find is when people do that, they come out with a shopping list that's three pages long and then it's just horrific and it it's not user friendly in the least. We've really tried to pare down the number of ingredients so that each week you use you know, you use the same perhaps vegetables in three different dishes so that you don't have to buy fifty ingredients again. <laughs>
2: So, so, by the way, we only started making and selling these meal plans back in May. Was it May? Yeah. Sometime right around May. I had no idea how much work goes into actually making great meal plans to, to really make them good. So, and that, and what, that, what I mean there is that there are a lot of things that you don't necessarily think about before you start doing this. Like putting recipes together that use the same ingredients so that not every recipe uses different ingredients. But at the Re- same
1: time, they're different recipes. At the same time,
2: they're different recipes, so you're eating different things, like working all of this out, fitting them together so that you've got the right amount of food uh, and the right amount of carbs, particularly on a keto diet, Um, all of these things. like There are a lot of considerations, really, really hard to do, Um, and that's why we ended up doing it, is because it really does take a lot of that work out. Not everybody would make their own meal plans, but nonetheless, that's a lot of work that you would otherwise be doing one way or another, probably piecemeal throughout the week. So that's kind of why we we did them, and I think why they've been so popular is because we have put in a ton of that work to actually figure all that stuff out. You know, make great make great recipes, figure out how the recipes fit together, make sure we can fit them together in a way that people don't have to have too many ingredients, they don't get too much carbs, they don't get way too much food or too little, that they get some variety. It's uh, it's a lot to think of, It's it, you know, it's worse than planning wedding seating.
0: Awesome, yeah, I, I totally appreciate that because anytime you can simplify something, I'm totally into simplifying things. If it gets too overwhelming it's too easy to let it go and yeah. and set it aside. so I appreciate the fact that you guys made it super simple for everybody to jump in and try it out and just get your feet wet with it and and every it's just made so easy so i thank you I appreciate that, which is why I wanted to bring this to all of my you know my viewers and everybody that is health conscious but yet confused and right. It, it just simplifies it, makes it easy. Here it is. Here's the plan. This is all you need. Um, just try it and do it. So I appreciate that so much. So thank you. I appreciate you guys coming on and explaining everything, taking time out of your day. Um, and uh, I will post the link for all the viewers um, so that you can check out three, two, one, uh, the Keto Meal Plan that Louise and Jeremy put together um, with all their hard work and effort. And we thank you for doing that. All right. Thanks, guys. Trina here. Thanks for listening. If you enjoyed this episode, subscribe to the Healthy Me podcast and be sure to rate it and review it on iTunes or wherever you're listening. You can like the Healthy Me Facebook page and follow us on Instagram at thehealthyme underscore com. Remember, The info on the Healthy Me podcast is not to be taken as medical advice. You should always talk with your doctors before trying anything we discuss. Until next time, live in your Healthy Me.